Hey man, listen up. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. You know that new Depeche Mode album? It sucks. You know what? That new Cure album? It sucks. That new Happy Mondays album? I don't know if there is one, but if there is, it sucks. I can say this, cause I know, cause I'm a Doors fan. And you know, if you wanna be a Doors fan, you know what? You might already be one, and you don't even know it. You know, sort of like being gay. You're walking around, you know something's up. You just don't know what it is yet. You see, Doors fans aren't made; they're born. I bet right now in Africa, there's some guy madly beating on a drum. He's one. Or an old lady on a bus sucking humbugs. She's a rider on the storm, and she don't even know it. I do. Cause I'm a Doors fan, and if you want to be a Doors fan, don't just go buy a Greatest Hits album either. Greatest Hits albums are for housewives and little girls. If you want to be a Doors fan, you got to do it right. It's very scientific. You got to buy Waiting for the Sun. It's their third album, but really, it's their first. We call it the Departure Point. Okay. Quick quiz. Who's playing bass? Huh? No bass. That's right. The Doors had no bass. You see, the Gypsies had no homes. Don't let that scare you. Let that free you. Let that liberate you. 'Cause when you're free flying with the Doors, man, you don't need no safety net. If you just scream, "Viva the Doors!" loud enough for your landlord to start. Thumping on the wall, then you might, in fact, be a Doors fan. There's one way to know for absolute sure: get an eight-track tape of L.A. Woman. There's only a few in existence, and steal a car. Even if you own one, steal a car. Get in that car, play the tape, full blast, and drive west. When the tape ends, get out and go to the nearest bar and start to play pool or pinball or. Even foosball, and wait to get into a fight. Afterwards, get back in that car and drive it till it runs out of gas. Then torch it. And if, as you're standing there, watching those flames, if you can still hear the door sound, then my friend, you will have become a Doors fan. You want to know how I know? You want to know who told me? Well, last year, Jim fucking Morrison told me that too. He came to me 'cause I'm a Doors fan. I'm a Doors fan, man, man. I love this sound. I like the Doors. Hey guys, hey friends, my name's Adam. 
<clears throat> hey guys, hey friends. I always just copy you. My name is Ryan. Welcome to Ryan and Adam's show. We just heard uh, Bruce McCullough from his album, Shame Based Man. I love that album name. I always have. Have you? Uh, it was my first listen was to it was on the ride here. I've heard certain stuff, but I've only really heard the stuff that's basically from kids in the hall. By the way, I can't really, I hate to do this, I can't really hear myself in the headphones. Yeah, you, you do hate to do this, don't you? But I should have done it ahead of time. Alright, hold on. Let me let me adjust your luffs here. Is it the tube socks on the mics that... Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a warmth to the tube socks. That is actually a little better, I think. Yeah. Hello, hello. I don't know. It, yeah, you, you, it, you, I kind of just hear my voice. I don't know if I... Whatever. It's recording. But we're in a new uh, setting, a new old setting. We're back in uh, Bootin at your pad after 12 episodes in Dover. We're back in Bootin. Maybe you're just not you're not used to it. And it's very hot in here, but it's bringing me back. We've now done this is our third summer that we would be recording oh, in this house. Summer number three here on Ryan and Adam's show. Welcome. I mean, it's not the summer yet, but welcome. Kind of. So yeah, I've I've heard the. Like, these are the Daves I know and the stuff oh, sure, from yeah. Kids in the Hall, but I've never listened to the album straight through. That was basically just the door sketch, but like one-sided. I think that's brilliant that it works as well as a song with uh, just a man telling you how to be a Doors fan as it does as a uh, conversational <laughs> sketch. Yeah, it's, it's just funny. It's just funny. And uh, yeah, I want to dedicate that to a former guest, Chris Carr. He's the biggest Doors fan I know. I don't know if he's ever um, stolen a car. Despite having a car and then listening to uh, Waiting for the Sun on an eight-track tape. How do you feel about uh, The Doors? I like The Doors. I'm into The Doors. They're, they're, you got to be in the mood. Yeah. I, I definitely have gone through a Doors phase yeah, or two. I went through a Doors, I went through a doors kick uh, once, maybe. But I, I like if I hear a song and I'm in the right mood, it's still cool. Yeah, it's as easy to turn off as it is to, to turn on. Yeah, you know I think what I'm saying? I think I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. I agree with you. It's as easy to be like, eh, I could write them off pretty easily. But then I could also be like, hey, cool, the doors as easily. Yeah, when the doors come on the radio, you're either turning it up or changing the station. There's no in between. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, now, that was, of course, from Bruce McCullough. Right? Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Bruce McCullough's shame-based man. Check it out. It's on Spotify. So I'm I'm obviously <laughs> going to ask you. We haven't talked about it yet. You're as as big of a Kids of the Hall fan as I know. Uh, did you watch the new season? No, not so, even one. Yeah, so that's that's this is going to be a great conversation. Since, Jesus, since I haven't watched it, I haven't watched it at all. The shock for me is I'm, and, I'm a huge fan. You're a huge fan. And and I and I don't know. I'm not going to compare fandom. You own them. I know you're huge. I'm a big fan as well. And I finished the season, and uh, and I've talked to Jason about it. Jason's a huge fan, and um, he was on our pod. We talked to him about Kids in the Hall once before, and he's halfway through it. And I'm just shocked that you haven't even I'm, watched. I'm busy, and I don't have Amazon Prime. Oh, I mean, well, that I'll is... figure I'll figure out a way. You'll to... get to it, but that's fair. Yeah, and. Um... Just tell me. I don't even want to say his name. Is that guy, is he in the first? Pete Davidson? Is he in, I just said I didn't want to say his name. Yeah, but name. the audience needs to know who we're talking about. They don't need to know shit. I loved your rant. When I told you that Pete Davidson was in Kids in the Hall and you're like, the guy's filming a movie down the street. It's true. He filmed a movie down the street from where I grew up. He's in every movie and show. Now. Like you, it's like, why does he have to infect everything? 
Get it's a. Let me tell you, it's nothing sacred. They do this. I, I, I don't want to spoil, but I'm just going to tell you this much. They do. You know, they used to do like ongoing little tiny things, like um, Thirty Helens, or the, it's a fact. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, sure. They have this short little thing that they do throughout the season where it's like friends of the kids in the hall, and it's this very. Um, it's it's none of them are funny, but it's this very sort of short little thing of uh, a celebrity playing a character like a loser talking about their fandom of kids in the hall. And it's literally like 15 seconds. It's clearly an excuse just to have celebrity cameos. All the celebrity cameos are cool. You know what? One of the best things about kids in the hall I know. was that they didn't have celebrity cameos. A lot of re- hardly ever. A lot of the reviews, I've read reviews that didn't like it. It ha- I, to me and there, it had to have been an Amazon thing. I, I, I I could see that. It had to have been Amazon, like, guys, you're in your 60s. You got to get people <laughs> in there. But what I will say is every cameo is cool. Every cameo is like, oh, that guy. Like, they're interesting, except his. And, of course, his is in the first episode. So, to me, it was very much so, like, young people will watch it and at least they see I, I him. Want, I want to know the minutes and seconds that it appears it's so literally, I can just skip it. I'd be amazed if it was longer than 10 seconds. It won't kill you. But it is unfortunate. Even Jason texted me and like literally like was like, and I've never talked to him about Pete Davidson. And he was like, it was a bummer to see him. It is. <laughs> it was just a bummer. Like, ah, you guys got that guy. The other <sighs> people are like older. The other people are cooler. And some of them were Canadian. It makes sense. He was a bummer. <sighs> but um, I will say this. Uh, and it's my honest to God opinion. I, I love the season. Cool. All right. The Best compliment I can give it is it's kids in the hall. Yeah. Like, it feels like kids in the hall. It it's feels genuine. like... genuine. And it's so cool that these guys all went off and had these other careers and that they could get back together and write sketches and perform sketches that are just like, oh, it's the kids in the hall. I kind of saw uh, you posted a video of the intro. They reshot the intro yeah. and kind of made it... They, look like the original intro. They reshot. They they shot Toronto mm-hmm. and they edited it together. And they have a shadow, shadowy men from a shadow. They have planet. them old playing it, although it's clearly the original song. Yeah, and yeah, they just recreated it. And they have the black and white interludes between sketches. And like, you said no laugh tracks this season. The biggest difference, and I've read uh, uh, Dave Foley even say that it was a challenge, was that they don't do any sketches like monologues or sketches in front of an audience. Oh, okay. Which was a very kids in the hall thing. Oh, yeah. And I know I heard Scott Thompson had trouble with it because he's so used to playing off the audience. Right. I wish they had done a little bit of it. Was it a, did they give it like a COVID excuse or they anything? They didn't really say. Dave Foley was like, look, I I really like the short film sketches. Yes. And we always did that. Yeah. And, and it's just like we can control it more. Although they toured not that long ago. I have to suspect it was a COVID thing. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't falter any of it. Like, their best sketches, maybe I shouldn't say their best sketches, but many of their best sketches were, like, filmed like, sure, pieces yeah. anyway. There's a couple of them where you're like, this is the perfect amount of, like, sad and weird, and, like, <laughs> yeah, where yeah. did you come up with this? I mean, it's just very cool to see them do their thing. I must have mentioned this on the show before, but I think coming home from school... Yeah, you sixth, did on the Jason one. Yeah, sixth grade... Uh, I would catch the last 10 to 15 minutes of a Kids in the Hall rerun on Comedy Central. And the show, as weird and irreverent as it is already, the last 15 minutes are going to be even more so. Yeah. And it was always just such a treat to see something crazy like, uh, 
I want sausages. Yes. Give me. What the heck is that? And and Jason agreed with you. And, Your young mind blown. And a lot of Butterboy <laughs> stuff, when Jason comes up with these crazy things, I think, where, like, that's so weird. And then you watch Kids in the Hall and you're like, oh, I see where this sense of humor kind of came from. I had a similar experience. I used to watch it with Kyle, and I remember the big sketches, like the head crusher immediately oh, being sure. appealing. But I never, it was always so weird to me. It's like these guys in dresses and like, one so openly gay. And when you're a little kid, it really is like, whoa, this is so different than mm. what you would see on like SNL. Yeah. It's, um, there's a documentary about them coming out soon that I, I kind of can't wait for. I, uh, they're awesome. I love the kids in the hall and the new season. I'm not going to say it's as good as their best stuff, but it's them and it's a yeah. lot of fun. You got to check it out. Yeah, with, with these things, they can really go either way, you know? They have to bring these, everything these, back now. These comeback things. It reminded me of when Mr. Show kind of came back, though. Not every sketch kills. The first episode is really good, but you can tell they're kind of like, it's rocky. By the time you get to the second one, you're like, oh, man, it's good. Yeah. I really had a lot of fun with it. All right. So I, I would recommend it. I dig it. If you're into that kind of thing. I am into that kind of thing. Are you into that kind of thing, listener? Email us, the truth, Ryan and Adam at gmail.com and tell us, are you in to that kind of thing? And speaking of Canadian comedy, I just <laughs> want to make it clear as I'm not going to finish this Mike Myers thing. <laughs> You're taking it back. <laughs> You're taking back your promise to the listener. I watched the second episode and I'm like, there is <laughs> so much shit out right now. And there's so much shit coming out in the next couple of weeks that I cannot be wasting fucking time watching that crap. Like, it's just like, it's just like, there's so much content right now. I'm watching three shows a week. That's there's a so good. a bunch of stuff coming out soon that I'm really excited for. I can't be fucking watching that crap. You definitely have time to watch it, though. Uh, well, I mean, I have time to watch everything, <laughs> probably. What's cool is Mike Myers said that the two people that suggested him for SNL to Lauren Michaels were Martin Short and Dave Foley. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, a bunch of Canadians. So you're not going to wait out for the Shrek cameo? <laughs> we, we, the listener needs to hear about the Shrek cameo. You're just going to leave us in the lurch like this? Y you know how I am. Like, when a show is coming out, I want to watch, like, the last season. Or if a sequel's coming out, I want to watch the last movie. Like, I have... I have to like pre-schedule my interests. I have podcasts that talk about movies that I want to rewatch. Like I don't want to have to carve a window for fucking carve a pentamberinth window. Mike Myers to just indulgently play eight juvenile characters. He's great at what he does. I didn't hate the first episode, but I can't imagine I'm gonna finish that fucking thing. I can't imagine. I mean, are you? No. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't even want to waste any more breath talking about it. No, who knows? Maybe in like three months, I'll be like, "Let me finish." I'm not saying it's impossible, but I just don't want anybody sitting around going, "Hey, Ryan said he'd finish it. What's the deal? <laughs> don't wait around for it, okay?" That's all I'm saying. What's the What's the big deal, buddy? Aren't you? Shouldn't you finish that? Yeah, guy. TV show. Yeah, friend. You got a lazy boy in front of a couch. In front of a TV. I, 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 I know. It's amazing, but I can't. I'm sorry. But you can't, you can't squeeze in a couple of pentamperant. <laughs> the worst fucking title. Yeah, I can't even say it. Pentamperant? Pentamperant. I don't know. I actually don't really want to waste any more, but I actually, I, I, I can't. You're on show, showverload. Dude, I really am. Showverload. Memorial Day weekend, laugh as, laugh as you may. I'm probably going to watch 
uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. Although, I'm not oh, excited. Ho, 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 I'm ho, not excited hold for Hold on it. a second. What's the Obi-Wan Kenobi They're doing thing? a limited series, of, and it's going to be Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. and he's playing he's coming back. as Obi-Wan before New Hope as he watches Luke on Tatooine. And, like, something happens to him. I, I, I wonder, where did they get the data that people wanted to see that? If you, I mean, if you had told me 10 years ago, not oh, even, yeah, right. se- seven, six, five years ago, that they were going to bring him back to play Obi-Wan, even though I don't like the prequels, I would have been jacked. And now you tell me, and I'm like, maybe I'll get around to really? it. Really? You would have been jacked? I would have been jacked. Yeah. Just because... There wasn't a Star Wars overload then. I mean, I would be, I'd be kind of shocked because the only thing you ever hear about the prequels is how much they stink. Well, now kids love them. Well, but, yeah, because it's like they grew up on them. But sort of besides the point, like just the fact that, like, oh, I grew up watching them, even though I, they stink. So, like, it's more Star Wars, and it's Hugh McGregor, and it's like, okay, I'm in. But the thing is, and I think Darth Vader's gonna be in, of course. And but now it's like. I didn't even watch the last series, the Boba Fett thing. Now it's just like, I never thought I'd be at a point where they would make Star Wars shows and I'd be like, I, I, I don't get Star gi- Wars show overload. I don't give a fuck anymore. And also that weekend, the Stranger Things new season comes mm-hmm. out. But even that, which I am excited for, I thought I would have been more. I think it's just content overload. I'm mm. buried in it. And it's like I'm trying to care, trying to carry. I'm trying to care about Barry last night. I'm trying to care about Saul tonight. I'm trying to read about. Uh, okay, can you imagine if your life had real problems? <laughs> I should be paid for this. I'm reading interviews, podcasts. I'm learning how they made the show. I mean, because I do love it. It's like somebody who loves sports and knows every play. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it hits a point where it's like, how much fucking shit. Do I have to watch? And how much time do I have to dedicate to this stuff? It's gross. So what's what's current? Barry, Saul, They're and... the two that are on right now that I'm that I'm real into. And is that it? Is it... Right now that I'm really into? I, I mean, yeah. I think you could squeeze in uh, the Mike Myers thing. <laughs> I think you could squeeze that in oh, somehow. Oh, have you watched Barry yet? You haven't. No, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to be show overloaded. I'm going to say that as many times it's as a good, I can. It's a good term, but I. I it's been awesome. Mm. It's been so good. But I just, it's like, holy fuck, man. It's tough. And then I have all these, oh, I can't. <laughs> it is, it's like, you're right. Imagine if my life had real, but this is the stuff that keeps me from having real problems. Yeah. If I was to give up some of this, I would start getting yeah, real problems. You would, to, you would have to assume the the burdens of real life. Of life. And I can't handle that. So I have to uh, I have to overload myself. Anyway, maybe I'll watch this shitty show, but I uh, I probably won't. Yeah, I uh I messed up last night. Last night I uh I ordered a pizza for the first time in weeks. Did okay. I mention was, was that was that on the show? I, I said that I hadn't been ordering pizza, or was that just in casual conversation you, you with you? S- you said that the I, listener needs to know about my pizza consumption habits. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. Last night I ordered a pizza from Delizia, and I ate six slices of it in about twenty minutes. Yeah. So of course you have to watch something, and yeah. I messed up. What I should have done was watch Thief with James Caan. Yeah, you really should see that again. Because I, I have homework to do for, for Thief without getting into it too much. I know. I, I'm a little upset it's taken you this long. But instead, I put on another pretty incredible movie I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, I watched No Country for Old Men. Dude, I thought about watching that movie recently. 
It's incredible. It's kind of it's kind of crazy how much I've forgot about it. Okay. But um that whole the whole sequence the the main character of the story. I mean, I don't know. I it's it's just, I can spoil this now, right? Enough time has passed. 2007. Jesus Christ, it's been I can't even believe how long. The main it's been. character Fast forward if you want. He's spoiling it. The main character gets killed and you don't even see it. Yes. And it's and it's never then they never really tell you how it went down. You get an idea you of have, who did it. Yeah, you have your idea. Yeah. But just the way it juxtaposes from the last time you see him alive to him dead, it's so crazy. What what kind of what kind of a move is that? I I it's one of those things too where you watch these movies and you're like why don't more movies do that? And it's like, dude, so many people would fuck that up. To make that yeah, yeah. and not fuck it up. A lot of people hated that movie for that reason. You know, it was funny. I kept waiting for the uh, the flashback to show you how it all went but down. But you really forgot a lot. Yeah, and I... Because I maybe just like in in my head, I kind of imagined... That so you have to... That scene and how it went down. And I, and I put it in my memory... As if it was just part of the movie, you know? I, I, I do know. I probably watch that movie every couple of years, though, so I remember it pretty well. Yeah, I, uh, it's, could, it could be 10 full years. Since, I'd say for me, five wait, tops. Wait, it, it couldn't be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Wait, it could be 10. It could, dude, it could, it could be, be 14 wow. fucking years. No, I, I have seen it since it came out. Yeah. It came I, out in 2007, yes, right? Yeah. Wow. It's unbelievable. I, I can't even get into it. It makes me so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I... I you ever have that? I, I, I want to talk about this movie, but do you ever have that thing where you're like, like I'll think like, oh, that song that used to play in bars in 2015 all the time. Like, I kind of liked that song. Was it Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke? <laughs> tell me, tell me it no, was. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> but you're like, I kind of like that song. Maybe because I'm like remembering when I was in my mid 20s hanging out at bars, and you'll look it up on YouTube, and the f- comments are like, dude, I used to jam to this in fourth grade, and I'm in high school now. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm a million. Like, just kill me. Like, it's so fleeting. You, YouTube comments, I don't know if they're real or not sometimes. But the, here, ma- the math checks out, though. Well, here, this, want to hear a crazy one yes. that I read the other day? Yeah. I, um, I was playing on the Nintendo Switch. You know how they, I, you, you don't have a Switch, so you don't No, but know. I, I know about the Switch. There's a, a little portal you can enter where you get shot back into SNES times. That's amazing. And you could play SNES games. I love that. On the Switch. I need to get the Switch. So I was playing this game, uh, Yoshi's Story. Okay. Uh, that I used to play when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, you know, goofing around. And then I remembered, I was like, oh, yeah, wasn't there, there was a game called Yoshi's Island, right, for the 64? It rings a bell. So I'm like, I, 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 don't, I don't really remember that one. Let me look it up on YouTube. So I looked up Yoshi's Island on YouTube. And it's just, you know, somebody, it's just a shot, the game being played. Yeah, classic. One of the... One of the comments said, wow, I remember my mom playing this while I was sitting on her lap (laughs) or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, what the heck? (laughs) I used to play that. No, it's, it's. That's crazy. (laughs) It's when you hear other people, I don't know. It's weird, but it makes me feel the 2015 thing, dude, that was so long ago. It just makes me feel very old and like I'm done with. Doesn't it? But anyway, that movie no country. I know a lot of people had problems with it for that reason, but when you like those movies, the Coen Brothers, certain other people, mm-hmm. they it's almost hard to like it the first time. 
And definitely. And then the next time you have to reframe how you think about movies. Yeah, these are the like these are the best artists are the ones that do that. Yeah. So then now you're watching No Country and you're like, oh, it's not about Josh Brolin. It's about Tommy Lee Jones. Right, right, yeah. And how he can't keep up with the changing times. He very much like we were just talking about, feels old and it's kind of gotten away from him. And like that's what the movie is about. And all this other craziness is the shit he can't cope with. Right. And you realize and you're like, Yeah, but come on, Cohen brothers, you know people are watching Josh Brolin waiting for this, like like is so then you think, is it a fuck you? Is it a, like, oh, we, we're being cool by pulling the rug, like subverting your expectations? Or are they trying to be faithful to the book? Like, what is, how, where do they get the nerve to be like, <laughs> we're going to kill him off screen and then we're going to end it after Tommy Lee Jones rambles about his dreams? And like, yeah. it's all symbolism and it's all deep and we don't give a fuck if you enjoyed it. And it's like, I, like I, well, where do you get the balls to do that? For the record though, and I mean this in a completely unpretentious way, I love that movie. Oh, yeah. I think that movie is awesome yeah it's funny um what you said is so true if you don't like the movie then you're wrong and you didn't get it for, <laughs> for example i'm not i'm not really a hail caesar fan but i know i'm wrong i know i know that that movie is is awesome i just don't get it and i, I liked hail caesar maybe i gotta watch it again but, but at the same time i haven't seen it since the movie so that's telling i have to be wrong i think it's good for what it is but I don't think it's a super – it's fair for you to watch a Coen Brothers movie and go, I understand that there's something happening here that's deep and I don't get it. Mm. And I just don't really like it or I just don't want to see it again. Yeah. That's fair. Like The Man Who Wasn't There, the one you haven't seen. Right. I didn't love it, but other people love it. And I'm mm. like, there's something I'm missing. And so you have to be like, you know what? It's just not for me. Yeah. Hail Caesar just seemed like qu quirky overload for, for me. Which is funny because then they'll do like Raising Arizona or Oh Brother Where Art Thou and it's got tons of quirky and cheekiness and yet it works. Yeah. Like so I guess it's just – this one it, just it, didn't it, work It might have been the, the ensemble cast and a lot of times when there's an ensemble cast of A-list people, I feel like they're all just trying to outdo each other and I can feel that and oh, I don't like it. Um, that's fair. That I, I would Raising Arizona, another amazing movie. Oh, yeah. And oh, brother. Man, the Code Brothers are amazing. They're killing it. <laughs> They've been killing it since uh, Blood Simple. Blood Simple rules. I just rewatched. What year did Blood Simple come out? 86 or something? I want to say, like, for some reason, 82 popped in my head, but that Whoa. feels way too yeah, early. Yeah. Well, um, they used to live with Sam Raimi. Yes. And Bruce Campbell and Holly Hunter and Francis McDormand, I believe, mm. all lived together, which is incredible. And I just rewatched the Evil Dead movies, and they saw Evil Dead, and they were like, Oh, we could just go make a movie. Yeah. And they made Blood Simple. I think that's the coolest yeah, thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I just saw a simple plan for the first time. How'd you feel about a simple plan? It feels like Sam Raimi's Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like he was <laughs> like, I want to make a Coen Brothers movie. That's what it feels like. It, Whoa. It wasn't like as good as a Coen Brothers movie, but I, I liked it. It was did you ever see very bad things? No, who did? Who directed very bad things? I don't know, but it's like Daniel Stern. It's a comedy, mm -hmm. super dark. It was like kind of reminded me of that, where it's this like kind of like a comedy of errors, but it's just a group of guys. Something bad happens, then they're betraying each other. It escalates, but very bad things is like the darkest comedy. Nineteen ninety eight. Oh, this this cast is familiar: Christian Slater, yes. John Favreau, Cameron Diaz, Jeremy Piven. It's not great. 
but it just reminded me of it in premise. Mm. Simple plan is very serious. But I liked it. Billy Bob Thornton's incredible in it. It was cool. Some guy named Peter Berg directed very bad things. You know who that is. You know Peter Berg. Did he do Seinfeld or something? Peter Berg is, I believe, the dude he was- Oh, I'm thinking of Alec Berg. Yes. Who does Barry. (laughs) Oh, okay. Peter Berg was in a bunch of- um, He was in like Corky Romano. He's an actor. But he's- Oh, you should know him from Corky Romano. (laughs) I know everybody from Corky Romano. You don't know Corky Romano? He was one of the brothers, uh, not Chris Patton. (laughs) Um, He's directed a bunch of movies. Yeah, I, a lot of these these movies uh, I know by name, but they're all, like, not amazing. Corky Romano sucks, but Peter Berg had a great joke in it where he can't read the ice cream truck. And it keeps on saying, let me get some of that uh, that Rocky Road. And the ice cream man's like, there's just the three flavors on the truck, sir. And it's, like, strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla. So he's like, all right, let me get some of the, uh, the pecan. And the guy's like, it's just the three on the truck. It's very... It might be one of the funniest jokes in that shitty movie. (laughs) (laughs) That and Chris Penn is a gay guy, but he's hiding it. Mm. So they call him out on it, and he goes, I'm not gay, Dad. I love boobies. Those are probably the funniest jokes in that movie. Wow, thank you for summing (laughs) up Corky Romano for the listeners so they never need to watch it. You shouldn't, but I will say I loved it. I loved it when I was like 11 (laughs) or whenever it came out. Whatever it says on the T-shirt. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Josh Chen, if you're listening, T-shirts in the mail. There you go. It's in the mail. It's coming. That's big. It's coming soon. You're get. You're gonna get. He's watching The Sopranos for the first time. Oh, I would be so interested to uh, Josh share your uh, Sopranos opinions to the email, please. It, I, it's, I want, it's frustrating. I'm sure it is. Yeah. That's why I really want to. I really want to listen to it because really, <laughs> what bad can you say about that show? You can't jo- say anything bad about it. Josh Chen. But he'll find a way. Uh, he's really liking it. But every now and then, he's, he, he's been frustrating me since I first met him with about this. Mm. He will have these complaints about incredible things. And they are, like, the dumbest complaints. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I didn't really like how that character acted kind of mean in, like, that one scene or something. And you're like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Can't you see how good this show is? Can't you see? And he's like, yeah, I don't think she would act that way. Yeah, I kind of, I've honed in on that, and I, I do, uh, I do uh, skewer you a little bit with things like you that. You do that to me on purpose. <laughs> I think that's the most irritating thing. <laughs> the thing that irritates me the most about TV criticism is when people say a character asks acts out of character. When they're like, eh, he was nice last time that happened, and he, and it's like. Do people act the same in every situation? It's so frustrating. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the biggest criticisms I ever heard from you was about uh, a show that you love, a character acting out of character, and the episode got tons of acclaim. Oh, oh, yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. You're right. You still feel the same way about I do. Uh, yeah. Always Sunny. I do. Uh, what uh, Mac, was it? Mac finds his pride. Mac, Mac finds his pride. I still feel the same you way. You still stand by that. I, did, I didn't. I didn't. Even even though the what you just said would be the polar opposite of your criticism. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I I think it, it, there's one there's a difference between characters acting differently and and acting like totally different. Like people, I don't mm. know. It just went to it went it went farther than I was willing to accept. I guess. 
I, but you're right. It is funny that one of my biggest criticisms was the thing I just talked about not liking. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't think of a show that had a bigger change of tone for a single episode in a single moment. And again, I'm not – I love tone change. I mm. love when you're watching – it's gotten a little crazy now on TV. People are experimenting maybe too – but I love it when you watch a show and you're like, whoa, what are they doing? They're trying yeah. something. like That's why I love like leftovers and stuff. Oh, yeah. I love that. So for a show – I'm usually into the experimental episodes. That show, it just felt like the creators were trying to make a point that the characters wouldn't make. Right. And therefore, it felt like I loved the message. Mm. I just didn't feel it was earned. It's kind of like what we were saying about the end of Ozark. I'm a big fan of when stuff feels earned, mm. and it didn't totally feel earned to me. But you know, like I said, if that episode helped one person, who gives a fuck what I think about a TV show episode? I'm yeah. not like a crazy person. I just didn't really like the episode myself. We don't understand the Coen brothers, and we don't <laughs> understand... Uh... Oh, I understand the Coen brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I understand No Country for Old Men. Well, that's not what I meant. You know what I meant. It doesn't matter. What I meant is it doesn't matter if you understand it yes. or not. They're still right at the <laughs> end of the day. They're allowed to do whatever they want. That's another thing that I think is pe – nowadays people have – and this is like a cliche to say, but it's true. Mm. They have this demented entitlement to their shows giving them what they want. Oh, sure. Yeah, we, talk, we talked about this a, a lot. Everyone has, and that's why I was like – but it's true. Mm. It's just this insane thing of like, no, that's not – how I want it to be. And right. it's like, who gives a fuck what you want? They're making their show. They're not charging you for it. Mm. They're making their show. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah, That's it. You don't have a right to be like, do it again. Like after Game of Thrones sucked, everyone was signing petitions. Do it again. I want them yeah. to know I didn't like it. Why? Yeah, but here's the crazy thing. I do think that the fans influence directions of shows way more than we might even realize. I think that's true. Yeah. And Sometimes in really good ways. Good ways? I mean, I'm sure it has happened. I mean, I don't know, man. Sometimes... It's, if a character is beloved, and so they're like, let's give that character more lines, sometimes I might agree mm. that they deserve more lines. But I, I do... What if they're wrong, though? That's the problem. Yeah, you're right. People are dummies. I know. I think Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> said, uh, if these people knew what they wanted to see, they'd be in show business making the shows. Mm. And now that's kind of an elitist douchebag thing to say, but it, there is some truth to like. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it is, but I also kind of understand can't it. argue with that yeah, either. It's like, you know, we're giving you something and you're watching it, and if you don't like, I especially feel that way for things like Star Wars or Marvel, like big franchises, where it's like, no, killing that character was wrong, and it's like, well, I'm the one writing yeah. and directing it, so go fuck yourself. Yeah. He's dead. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Right. You're not making it. I'm making it. So fuck you. Like, it just feels like this weird thing of, like, nobody's making you watch it. Mm. I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like this weird entitlement that people have. I get it. I've watched shows and movies that that disappointed me. But I, I don't know. I'm not going to be, like, like. Weren't they talking about bringing The Office back? Yes. Can, can you imagine? Like, all the, these the Office fans, oh, we want it back, bring it back, yep. bring it back. You know what's going to happen when they bring it back? It's going to stink. They're going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you bring it back? You ruined it. Have they, as anything that's been brought back, ever been as good? I'm not saying that they were all terrible, but have they ever been as good as the original thing? Let me tell you, what, re ever. what really impressed me 
when Faith No More released Soul Invictus after 18 years of not releasing an album. It was good? It was so good that they. It, I would have thought maybe a year had passed. Oh, well, that's okay. That's a weird example, but that counts. <laughs> it's, and it's also not a TV show. Yeah, but it counts. But it's so rare. Even Kids in the Hall, which I loved, and I hope they make more seasons of. You know, it's not as good as the originals. It just, mm. it just by definition, can't be. It's just like you've already done. The only reason we want it back is it's the again not to quote Jerry Seinfeld again, but it's the thing of like they asked why did you not see how far your show could go, mm. and he said the only way to know how good you could be is to wait until it starts getting bad. Yeah, you got to fall off the cliff. And that, and then you go, oh, I guess it was season nine. That's that's why they call it jumping the shark. Yeah, and it's like just you know maybe get out while you're while you're on top. And that's pretty much what Jerry did. I understand you know? that there's a lot of jobs at risk, but it's an artistic medium. It's like you, you don't want to make it bad. That is true. The, yeah, the thing about the jobs. I know. Well, that's the thing is that it's it's fair to say, oh, but it's art. And it's like, yeah, but there's so many fucking jobs weighing on this thing. Yeah. And you're just going, no, you're all, out of, you're all out of work because we don't think it's quite as funny as it used to be. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you have to weigh that a little bit. You see, Jerry... He's made all the money he could possibly make. <laughs> You're not going to get any of it, but you have to find new jobs. Yeah. Yeah, he had to go up to the gaffer. He had to go up to the lighting guy and say... Listen, you're you're unemployed because I made ten million dollars. I'm I don't at the top to... of my my <laughs> artistic game. Yeah, and I don't yeah. You find yourself another job. Let's be honest. The Office had like six seasons that weren't that great. Yeah, and I think that was because they they needed to 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 keep yeah people working. They needed you the know? machine. They needed to keep running the machine. Yeah. And those six seasons all had good episodes, but they had so many bad ones. And I think it was just like. I, like, come on! I don't. When when the main character leaves, yeah, it's like it's the kiss of death. It's right. like, what are you doing? Mm. Bail! I I don't know. But anyway, people get a new job, Stanley. <laughs> Go find a new job. Get the spin off. Creed. Yeah, yeah. Hang in with Creed. <laughs> you know, if, why not? Better call Creed. Uh, like that world, the Breaking Bad Saul world. If they suddenly go, guess what, guys? We're making another show. We want to know what Gus was up to when he was young. <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be like it, – because also it's like a um, – like a not bait and switch, but it gets you excited like, oh, we're going to get a finale. We're going to finally see how it uh, ends. Riding the wave. Yeah, and it's like, no, you're going to have to wait for – like that – and that's the thing like I don't want to get into a whole Marvel movie thing. And kids in the hall kind of joke about this in the new season, and it's true. Young people like don't want endings because Marvel has no endings. Mm. It's forever. It's going to go forever. So is that why Ozark ended the way it did? Because <laughs> that wasn't an ending, as far as I'm concerned. It really was. It was. No. Well, that's a whole other. I'm still waiting for the next episode. <laughs> where, where is it? Yeah, that was the. That was different. That was just a bummer. Young people don't. Well, let's examine. Young people don't want endings. I mean, is it just because they want to just keep consuming and consuming and consuming? Yes, they love it and they don't want it to end. Because you'll even see in comments where they're like, "What a sh shame! This is they." I think they just want things to go forever. Like again, look at like Marvel, Star Wars. They'll eat it for the rest of their. They'll eat it forever. Yeah. They don't want it ending. They don't want it to end. They Jeez, want. Louise. They're like, oh, that was a great ending when you killed Iron Man. 
Now, can we make a multiverse and time travel so we can bring Iron Man back? <laughs> you know, they don't want it to end. They don't want it to. And that is the thing that... That's why Walking Dead is on its 37th season. Mm. And that is the thing that, like, eventually weighs on me. No. Where it's like, nah, man, you got to conclude this shit. Or no. I'm uninterested. I want an ending. Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm rambling a lot, but, uh, you know, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us, Ryan. Uh, I actually want to... In summary, I'm not going to watch the Mike Myers show. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk... I want to uh, not talk, but I want to take a short break to uh, tell you about the Daves I know. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. David Hoffner, he works in my dad's store. He's worked here for 12 years. He'll probably work here for more. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. Dave Gord, I've known since I was six. In Grady, he broke his leg, so we got drunk and sick. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. Some of them are Davids, but most of us are Daves. They all have their own hands, but they come from different mums. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. Dave Jadiski, man, this cat can swing. He weighs almost 50 pounds and he delivers my paper on time. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. Dave Capisano, I hardly know him. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. We are the days he knows, he knows. We are the days he knows. We are the days he knows, he knows. We are the days he knows. Some of us are days, but most of us are days. We all have our own hands, but we come from different moms. These are the days I know, I know. We are the days he knows, he knows. These are the days. And those were the Daves uh, we know. Listener, do you know Daves? Email us, the truth, Ryan Adam at gmail.com. Uh, I got a Dave downstairs. Yeah, speaking. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we're, we're above a Dave right now. A Dave I know. Wow. It's been so long since I've been here. I, I almost forgot about old Dave. Yeah, welcome. Welcome back. It's a, it's a mess. Uh, I got emails. Got oh, emails. cool. Good, uh, good. Here's one from our old pal, uh, Dylan Jacobus, uh, subject line, Spinal Tap 2. All right, I love it already. Yeah, it kind of works with what we were talking about. Uh, Dear fellas, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? There's going to be a Spinal Tap 2. I did hear about it. Personally, I am stoked beyond all comprehension. I don't know what I'm going to do for the next two years. I'll probably just sit in a chair staring out my window watching the sun go up and down until the day of its release. Anyway... (laughs) What's your favorite spoof movie? Also, does does Ryan hate Billy Crystal so much that he doesn't even like the mime scene in the first Spinal Tap? Love Dylan. Do you are you do you even know the mime scene in the first Spinal Tap? I've, I do. I've seen Spinal Tap a few times, but I it's been a couple years now. What, uh, what, what, describe it. There there are these mime waiters, and it's it's I swear to God, it's such an inconsequ- inconsequential five second scene with. 
um, Dana Carvey and Billy Crystal. Oh my God, how do are, I not remember this? Are mimes and they're waiters, and you see them first being mime waiters, and yeah. then you see them in the back in the kitchen, and Billy Crystal's just yelling at Dana Carvey. I'm so bummed out I can't remember that. I've seen the movie a few times. We'll have to pull it up on YouTube I might have for to, you. I might have to watch that movie again. I mean, let's put it this way, Dylan. Could it be the best thing Billy Crystal's ever done? Maybe. I, I'm not saying that I didn't. <laughs> I'm not saying I've never enjoyed anything with Billy Crystal. I'm just saying that's true. You could have put somebody else in that. All, all Ryan is saying is that he has a theory <laughs> that Billy <laughs> Crystal isn't funny. I feel like it was my brother who first said it, but it, it's. I have a. I agree with him. I think I have a theory that. Uh, he stinks. <laughs> and, uh, I think any you probably could have gotten anybody else to have done whatever he did in that movie. I, I not anyone else, but I think he stinks. Uh, uh, all right, I just need to tell the listener, and I never do this. I never recommend our own podcast, but the episode's titled "Crystal Theory." I remember is when Ryan first presented me this theory, and that was a very genuine laugh. And the way <laughs> that you led up to it was so natural. Listen, listen to Crystal Theory, listener, if yeah. you haven't yet. Um, um, what's your favorite spoof movie? Well, first I'll, I'll say uh, Spinal Tap 2. I, I love those guys, and they're all still really funny. And, mm-hmm. and, and they've, they were in, oh, yeah. a couple of them were in Better Call Saul. But they're still great. But I, um, I don't know that a Spinal Tap 2 will be as good. Or, I can't imagine it will be. They're so old, and I don't know what they're going to do. But you I, know I'll see it because F me. F you. That's you'll you'll all see it. Yes, we'll it's, all it's, see it's it. It's the fuck you. You'll see it. Um, and to answer your question though, I hope it's good. Um, we talked about this. I don't know what my favorite spoof movie would. I would say it would probably be Airplane or Naked Gun. Yeah. I would say it's probably Naked Gun. Anything Leslie Nielsen yeah. has done, I'm I'm on board. I would say it's, there's so many good ones. Like Mel Brooks is like, I mean, when you're a kid, they're the funniest movies ever. But I would say I don't know if you count Monty Python as spoof movies, but I love them. But I would say. Probably Naked Gun. I feel yeah. like I could pop in Naked Gun almost any time and laugh my ass off. Yeah. It, it just rocks. Yeah. I like I like wrongfully accused a lot, Me too. too. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think the – but I, I will say that movie, it's like you know exactly what they're uh, uh, parodying. Like the movie – it's like, oh, this is Braveheart. I think the best parodies or spoof movies – I guess Spinal Tap doesn't really parody anything. But I think the best spoof movies are like you don't have to know what they're – making fun of to find it funny well i think that there's a lot of stuff that went over my head when i was a child watching uh, yeah. wrongfully Accused. i'm sure i same. think i was 10 years old when same. that movie came out yeah and like loving it at 10 and i'm sure if i watched it today i would love it just as much or it's maybe even more so silly and fun yeah yeah i agree it's it's the movies the spoof movies that are made for 10 year olds and for 34 year olds yeah that's what i want and when I'm 64, I'll still enjoy watching Leslie Nielsen. You and know? it's a shame so many of them started to st- that genre started to stink so hard, and then now it can't exist. Yeah, we need a another. Like if I someone mean, was I guess, like, do we need another Leslie Nielsen, or can there really only be one? If they were, to, he's the reason why all of that worked. We we we've talked about this. I think you need to make fun of a a genre in a way where you're not doing direct parody. Mm. When they start being like, get it, it's 300. Get it, it's, uh, you know, Superman. I feel like, and Wrongfully Accused does that, but it works. But I feel like when these movies started doing that is when it started not working. Like, with something like Spinal Tap, if you just take, like, a genre yeah. or, or Airplane, Airplane and Naked Gun are making fun of specific 
movies, but nobody knows those movies. Right. So it's like, if you do that, I think it's funnier. It's like, Naked Gun is just like, oh, it's cop drama, mm. but we're being spoofy about yeah, it. Yeah. And that's just the funniest. I wish th- they could pull that off again. <laughs> but it's hard without him. You're right. Is it Naked Gun or wrongfully accused when um, Leslie Nielsen says, your lies are like bananas. They come in big yellow bunches. It's definitely wrongfully accused. <laughs> One of my favorite wrongfully accused jokes is he goes, uh... Yeah, you're just like the Beatles when they went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like he does this thing where he, like, he thinks that song's sarcastic, I guess. Yeah. She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always loved that delivery. His delivery is just amazing. It's yeah. just next level. The can't, way he, Can't be beat. Oh, when he drop, it's when he's dry, says something and means it. It's just so funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, so. I remember... Um, Reading, I guess it was an interview with Doris Roberts, who played the um, the, the mom on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Rest in peace, Doris Roberts. Is she dead? I hope she's... I, I think she's dead. I hope she's dead, because I just <laughs> said, let rest in peace. I hope she's dead so I don't look yeah. stupid. <laughs> that woman better be dead. <laughs> Her saying she played that character, and I don't know how much I believe this, she played it straight and didn't think anything that she was doing was funny, even though oh wow, she had some of the biggest laughs on the show. She did play it straight, which is why it was so funny, I think. Yeah, but... Because it felt like, oh, it feels like my mom it, or it my almost, grandma. It, it felt genuine. Almost seemed lost on her, but how could it have been? When the audience is exploding. And, oh, and the other guy that does that is Jeremy Strong. On Succession. On Succession. He also has that thing where, you know, when he's rapping. That and guy it, and is... He's, and he's like, no, that's I'm not. That's not a joke. Like, that's not funny. I know. But he, it is. <laughs> yeah, he always says, like, he doesn't think that Succession is a comedy. And it's always it's, like, well, maybe not straight. It's like, but no, you understand that we're laughing at that. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> I know that is puzzling. I, I don't know what's going on in that guy's head when he's performing, but I think he is incredible. No, oh, yeah. Because he does do these scenes that you feel sorry for him, you hate him, and you're laughing. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it feels so real. I, I don't know. He's great. But yeah, um, I know what you mean. It's like, that's so weird that, uh, that they wouldn't know they were being funny. I wonder if it's an actor trick to make it even more effective. Like the, the, he has to know it's so somewhere deep inside that this is this is very funny what's and, happening. And what they're doing is so hard. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I say in real life that's funny is very dry or very like um like I don't want to say smug but very like sarcastic but like when we film and stuff i can't really do that well i end up playing very like big characters it's like not that i'm comparing myself to them but like to be that dry and and play it straight and yet it's hilarious Mm. the timing like that's so hard to do with a written line like i don't know i'm just i'm in, in awe of it and i can't understand like you said how he could possibly be rapping or saying these lines and not think like 
somewhere in his head, like, oh, I'm going to nail this delivery so it's funny. Right. I just don't know how that's possible. I, I don't know how that could possibly be. I don't know either. But, yeah, those are the two examples of – Leslie Nielsen knows he's being funny. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he is saying <laughs> – especially in those early ones. Later on, he does a little more, like, mugging. It still works. But yeah. in those early ones where he – like, Airplane, there is no sense of humor in his voice. <laughs> it's just like – <laughs> By the way, good luck. We're all counting on you. And you're laughing your ass off. It's yeah. like incredible. It's so good. It could be the best laughs. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's so good. It's somehow it's somehow tied to those those primal jackass laughs, but you couldn't be laughing at something more different. And Spinal like, Tap does it too, by the yeah, way. Like those guys are taking themselves very seriously. Mm -hmm. And that's like and, and yet they're dopes, and that's what's funny. Oh yeah. Like it's it's just that's so funny. Yeah, taking when people take themselves too seriously just in the world, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's true. You'll, you'll, be dry, you'll be so frustrated at a friend of yours and you'll be thinking, why does that person take themselves so seriously? Yeah. And then you realize how hilarious it is that they do take themselves that seriously. Yeah. I don't know. There's nothing more cringy and uncomfortable and douchey and yet potentially funny than somebody who takes themselves yeah. really seriously. And and I don't know why that is, but it, it, it just is. I don't know. It's hard to dissect. But when you can nail that, which I think the people that we just named do, it's uh, so good. Listener, <laughs> do you take yourself too seriously? Yeah. Email us, the truth, ryanadam at gmail.com and uh, tell us why. Why so serious? Nice. It's like the arrogant – another really funny thing is the arrogant idiot, the arrogant buffoon, which is like yeah. – a million comedians do that. Will Ferrell, like a million. And yeah. that's that's also very often very funny. Oh, yeah. Where someone's just like, I'm the leader. I know what I'm doing. And they're just complete morons. It's always hilarious. Um, uh, let's go full circle. George Clooney in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes, yes. He's, he's the leader of the idiots in that movie. <laughs> yeah. and. Yeah, that, that, I don't know, man. That could be my favorite Cohen. I don't know. Really? They're all so good. It's hard to say. But that one just... I think Fargo or No Country are just... Uh, I mean, Fargo is incredible. Again, mm -hmm. Fargo is one of these movies where you're like, why am I laughing? Yeah. It's very real and serious and violent, and yet you're laughing. I think that's just so <laughs> impressive when you could pull that off. But, I mean, yeah, Oh Brother's amazing. I, I don't know. Those guys, they can make like a Looney Tunes, like Raising Arizona or a Brother, and then they can make fucking No Cut. I mean, they're just the best. They're so good. Yeah, it is, it is wild that you can be watching No Country and then watch Raising Arizona. Couldn't be different, more I, different. And then you know, but it's, it's still so authentically them. I, I love that. That's why I think I loved the band Ween when I got into them. I, oh, yeah. I love when you watch something and you have no – or listen, and you have no idea what could possibly be next. It could be totally different. And yet somehow it's distinctly them. Mm -hmm. I just think that's the coolest thing. And uh, yeah, they're they're great. And uh, or yeah. you can listen to this podcast. That's and, the and same we, every single week. And never that great. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Dylan. I hope the movie's great. Yeah. So does that answer your question? Uh, <laughs> I hope it's great. You're are you Adam? Are you excited for Top Gun two? Of course, I'm excited for Top Gun two. And Lady Gaga does a song, and you're a Gaga fan. Yeah, I'm. I'm 
I haven't listened to it yet. I want to be surprised. I want to. I don't want to. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to rewatch Top Gun and see Top Gun 2. I don't know how or I'm going to do it. Have but you I, heard the Lady Gaga song, though? I think. I don't really remember <laughs> it. But I, I want to see it. But you, I know, are like such a. a I'm a Top Gun freak. Yeah. That I know that you have to be excited. I heard it's great. Too. Yeah. I want to see it. I don't know how I'm going to. I don't know if I'm going to. I want to. But yeah, I know you are. Tom Cruise just hoarding the fountain of youth. Are you are you and your dad going to go? I'm curious um is that a papa and son? I want to ask him about it. There's part I think that he kind of thinks Top Gun is bullshit. Well, he actually flew, so I I imagine he has some opinion on it. Yeah. He he flew. He, by the way, he has to be right. Top he, Gun has to be bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to uh, hear I love your dad. Sounds like he just wants to watch documentaries. He doesn't want fictional Vikings. He doesn't want fictional <laughs> aviation. He wants the real thing. No bullshit. Yeah, he, he's a, he's one of those people that hates what the History Channel has become. Very he, sensationalized. Oh yeah, like, he he used to love the classic History Channel. Now he's just <laughs> I think it's all alien bullshit. It's now. all yeah, aliens and Hitler. Um, <laughs> Hit, was Hitler an alien? Was he? Um, there's some proof that he could have been. I love that's like the Hiller sketch we did. I love that stuff. Or it's like it's so stupid. Yeah, that's, just asking that, questions. That skit. Uh, what's the name of that skit? Oh, History, History's yeah, Mysteries. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, listener, check out Butterboy's History's Mysteries on uh, YouTube because that I think really <laughs> nails that History Channel is bullshit <laughs> yeah. uh, aesthetic. Um, what was I gonna say about uh, Top Gun? Your dad, your your, your your dad, you and your dad are gonna go. We're gonna go. You're gonna bring your fishing out. poles to go see Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I forget what I was gonna say about Top. Oh, you said that Tom Cruise, the Fountain of Youth. I don't know if you saw him at the premiere or in a recent like outdoor interview. It had to be the premiere, mm. but he's showing his age, and everyone in the comments is like, "What? Tom Cruise is getting older." But his hair looks graying, and his you can tell that he let his neck go. It's getting wrinkly, and he's starting to look older. And I feel like... Uh, so he's finally at he, age 70, starting <laughs> starting to look like he's 51. I think he's wrapping up the Mission Impossible movie soon. I think he's got two more, and they're like kind of like one split up. Two more? But they're like one split up, that classic thing of oh, we're going to milk the last one. And I feel those movies are fun. They're kind of interchangeable, but they're good. I have a a funny feeling, though, that he's like 59 Mm -hmm. or so, and he's just going, okay, I'm just going to let this. I'm sick of, you know, I'm sure they'll still filter them in movies, but. Remember how we said we'd watch all the Fast and the Furious movies? Yeah. Can we not do that and instead watch all of the Mission Impossibles? Because I have not seen a Mission Impossible after three. I saw the first three, haven't seen any of the other ones. Man, I've seen, I watched all of them. When the last one came out, like three years ago, yeah, and I would, I would, I would love to do that. Yeah, I would watch all the Mission Impossible movies with you. They're fun. The first one's Brian De Palma. The yeah, second yeah. one is John Woo. What a strange one too. That then is. is Abrams. Yes, number three, and yeah. then four is this guy Brad Bird. He did like Incredibles, mm-hmm. and then it's this guy. I think it's one guy. I can't think of his name, but I think he's done the last two or three. It's uh, just Tom Cruise's pseudonym. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, calm trues. <laughs> okay. okay, we're done. Scientology directed the last one. Yes. Um, that's it. That's it. Holy mackerel! We did it. We made a show, and you can listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and in fact, you just did. Email us. 
I can't believe we only read one email. Email us at the truth, ryanadam at gmail.com. Listen, I would love to email a podcast. Would love to. I think that's the coolest thing. You can ask us anything. You can suggest things, request. You can say, don't use my name. Call me Clive, Clive Owen. We'll call you Clive Owen. Like, if you're embarrassed. What is the reluctance? Do you think we're going to read your email and go, that's his email? I, what's the pro- I don't understand. What's the problem? Do you understand? I don't understand, no. It's very upsetting, and I don't know. That's it. We're done? We're done. Okay, I, I don't know. Don't call me Shirley or something. Some people look at a flag swaying in the breeze at the White House and say, that's America. Whenever I see an American flag hung in a window of a basement apartment by guys who have better things to do with their money than buy curtains, I say, that's America to me. In America, there are 51 states. Or maybe it's 80 by now. Does England count? I'm not quite sure. The one thing I am sure of is, if I'm standing in a warehouse beside a time clock and a guy is punching in his best friend who's too hungover to get out of bed, I'm standing in America, the makeover capital of the world. The place where every young man has to answer in his heart the question, What do you love more, your girlfriend or your car? Where that young man can buy a beat-up car for $300, but has to spend $1,000 to insure it. The land where even a paperboy can option the film rights to a book. America. In America, a woman on an assembly line works out her overtime in her head to infinity. And at the exact same moment, Her husband gets into a car crash because he's looking at a girl in a tube top. America. A land where spelling doesn't count. People's pets do. Where else can a guy get a job riding a whale at Marineland? The land where a guy's girlfriend breaks up with him over the phone, so he takes a gun and kills the principal. Everyone's sad until they get the day off. Next week, another guy, another gal, another we-can-still-be-friends phone call. Uh Uh-oh. The assistant principal gets killed. And everyone's sad because they don't get the day off. Because he was only the assistant principal. America. A land of opportunity. Yes. That great lumbering beast that journeys tirelessly and stops only to eat a clubhouse sandwich and pick its teeth with a matchbook cover and fall asleep with the TV on. America, a place for America.